Hi everybody, I'm Seth Busby, editor of Flying Solo. Welcome to our weekly podcast where we step inside the minds and lives of soloists and small business owners. Today's guest is Natasha McNamara. In her role as a vocal coach, Tasha assists everyone from actors to doctors to lawyers and business owners how to speak with confidence. Whether you're preparing for a pitch or presenting to a board, there are skills and techniques that you can learn to become a more confident presenter. Tash joins me today to reveal some of the secrets behind delivering a speech worth listening to and how to speak with more clarity and purpose in your everyday life. Welcome, Natasha. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Thanks, Sess. Great to be here. Now, our audience, I'm sure, would be really keen to get your knowledge on the art of presenting. You work yes. with a lot of actors, small businesses, big corporations, yes. teaching them how to present with confidence. Yes. Um, what would be your number one tip in terms of what is inhibiting people from speaking more confidently and presenting with more confidence? Well, I definitely think it's nerves. It's the fight, flight, freeze response. It's the amygdala, you know, that part of our brain that sends a warning signal that we're outside of our comfort zone. And I think for a lot of people that causes you to shallow breathe. It causes you to speak too fast, uh, to use ums and ahs, which I've just used one then. And it really affects the way we communicate. So the number one thing I would say is, is to breathe. But it's not breathing how most people know it, which is shallow breathing, which is breathing into the upper chest and shoulders. And if you don't know what that means, it means that when you breathe, your shoulders lift up. And I think the number one thing is getting people to breathe into their belly. Now, you're not, of course, you're not breathing into your belly. You're actually breathing into the lower lungs. But what happens is that is the diaphragm needs to expand downwards. So you need to let go of the stomach. So that's that's probably the big thing is is when you breathe in to allow that stomach to move out. You know, the, the image of a balloon is great or sometimes it's the food belly, you know, when you eat. So it's letting that stomach release so that you breathe down into the diaphragm and then as you exhale, the belly moves in. So you're deeper breathing. But, again, it's you've got to put your hand on your stomach to actually feel what I'm talking about because most people don't breathe properly, as I said before. So it's, yeah, it's putting a hand on the belly, allowing that breath to come in and feeling the stomach move out. And then as you exhale, the stomach moves in. So what you're basically saying is that connecting to breath is probably the most vital thing to help people combat their fear and fear is a driver for the lack of confidence that people might feel when they're presenting. Would that be right? That's right. For all those physiological things that happen, the heart beating faster, speaking too fast, dry mouth, shaky knees, you know, those habits can all be um, addressed with deeper breathing. It's conscious breathing. It's, you know, there's a big move with mindfulness and it is, it's consciously breathing before you're about to present before you're about to go into that meeting or that interview. Um, and it's, I think putting your hand on the stomach can be really useful. It's that biodynamic feedback, which gives you feedback that you are, that you aren't, that you haven't gone to your habit of chest breathing. Yes. Yeah, so yes. And you mentioned uh, things like the, I just did one and uh, the, um, <laughs> the R's, how they 
stop people from appearing confident because they're, they're these little bits of filler that people insert how can people get rid of those kind of habits? Oh, well, that's such a big one. I mean, I I actually have coined the phrase um-itis because it's one of the biggest habits that I notice. And, I, and yeah, so a great thing to do is to record yourself. And what I do with clients is I often count them. And in a two- to three-minute introduction, often I'll count ten. You know, that's I just did it then. But it's such a big inhibitor. So record yourself, count them. The other thing is the power, pause, breathe, which is what I talked about. So we've got breathing for nerves, that conscious breathing. But then also you've got breathing in the power, pause, breathe, because that allows you that moment to think about what you're going to say and to stop the fillers. And it also allows a moment for your audience to digest what you're saying. The other thing about the power pause is it it creates that intrigue. People will lean in and think, oh, what are they going to say next? And the power pause breathe also, it it allows you that time and that space to to think about what you're going to say and to eliminate those fillers, which make you sound like you don't know what you're saying. So it's ums, you knows, likes. It's also mitigating language. Things like kinda, sorta, or maybe, you know, that sort of language. It's 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 you want to be able to speak in short, punchy bursts so you sound more confident, rather than those long sentences, Cess, which make you sound like you're trying to well, there's no there's no stops. It's like a train with no stopping. And I, that's a common habit with people. I think people want to get everything out fast. And also people, are time time precious. And so we want to try and get everything over and done with. Also people are nervous and they want to get it over and done with. But the power pause allows status. It allows you to breathe and to be present and to think about what you're going to say next and eliminate those fillers. Yes, so that was a long-winded answer. But record yourself. Count those arms and arms. Yeah. I was just going to say, so I have a pitch to do. I've got to present in front of a board or I'm trying to get funding from venture capitalists for my business or yes. in the smallest of way, like I'm trying to upsell a customer yes. perhaps if I'm a small business owner. What things should people be considering in the, in those cases? Well, I think the power pause is really powerful. The other thing that I look at is thinking of it as when you're speaking to people, think of it as one sentence, one breath. And if you've got a group of people, one person. So you're telling your story to one person? Is that what you mean? Yes. When you, you as you're speaking in those short, direct bursts, you think of it really directing it to one person. So it's not a general wash. It's really directing it to one person. So so that it's, yeah, one sentence, one breath, one person helps it to be really, it's about connection. I would say that's one of the biggest things that I'm that I'm teaching people is how to connect with people. And that is being direct, being focused, one sentence, one breath, one person. Uh, so so that when you're speaking, it feels like you're speaking, if you've got a large group of people that you're speaking just just to, to that to one person. Um so that's really powerful. The other thing I would say is yeah, the slow down, breathe is a big one. And then think about 
what you're trying to make the other person do, think and feel is a huge part of communicating. Often we're focusing on ourselves and what we want to say, but if you can really think about, well, the whiffed, what's in it for them? What does this person want? And what do I want to make them feel and do? And and that's having a clear objective. I think that that's a really powerful way of communicating is thinking about what your objective is. The audience won't know the objective, but if you write it out before that important meeting or interview, you are focused on what you want to make that person do, think and feel. And we get clients to write out the objective. I want to get their buy-in. And then you add also why so that I make my my budget. And it's being really honest about what you want. Well, again, they won't know, but you if you write it out, then you're really clear about what you want to make that person do, think and feel. And then the other component is how to get what I want, and that's, that's using an emotional tactic. I want to excite the audience. I want to calm the audience. I want to educate the audience. And again, yeah, it's thinking about not about yourself but about what you want to make the other person do, think and feel. People are gradually going back to those face-to-face meetings but what if they're having to do this super important pitch to get, I don't know, $500,000 off an investor to be able to take their business to the next level and they've got to do it on Zoom? Yes. How can they make those kind of connections with someone when they're not in the same room as them? Oh, that's such a good question. And definitely during the pandemic, that was a lot of my work was on Zoom. I think the number one thing is look at the camera. So you've got that little green dot in front of you. Don't look at the Brady Bunch squares because that it feels like you're looking at people, but you're not. You're actually it it doesn't look like you're looking at us, but when you look down the barrel of the camera, you have eye contact with everybody. And eye contact is really powerful. It so what I get clients to do is even put a picture behind the camera. <laughs> you know, I, for a long time I had a picture of Oprah or a picture of my mum and her dog, just so I'm making a connection with that camera, even though it feels counterintuitive. It it again that make that builds that connection. So look at the camera. The other thing is be aware of your framing. Are you the center of that frame? And that's looking at that square before you get online. Um, lighting's important. Not so, I mean, also you want to look good, but, but so people can see you. Often I'll be working with clients and they're in the dark and you don't have to spend money. It's just sitting in front of a window, making sure you're, if you can, that your computer is in front of a window. If you can't do that, you can just use a lamp. Like I'm not saying go and spend money, but just put a lamp um behind behind the camera so that we can see your face backdrops important (laughs) (laughs) do you know what I mean backdrops important often I'll be working with clients and I can see their dirty washing or you know I'll look at their bookshelf and think oh what are they reading so you want to make sure that your backdrop is not too distracting so you are the most important part of (laughs) that that communication especially if you're asking for money Yes. I mean, also pets are lovely and you've heard Monty, but I remember I had a client during the pandemic who had a pussycat and and they would just be stroking the cat as they were communicating a really important pitch. And so I had to give feedback that, you know, I love cats and animals, but that perhaps that's not going to be um, congruent with the messaging, their pussy stroking their pussy cat. So you know, I think things like that are things to be aware of. So think of your virtual frame, think of the camera, think of your backdrop, think of your lighting, um, think of how you're sitting. 
I think that's really important. Both feet need to be on the floor. Often I'm seeing people swinging in their chairs, <laughs> you know, so put both feet on the floor. Feel that sense of connecting to your seat so that your, your spine is lengthening and widening. Remember that visual component is 55% of communication. So that's really powerful. And, and, of course, the voice, which is what we've been talking, is 38%, which is the tone of your voice. Um, and you want to think about adding emotion to your voice, adding excitement, adding um, empathy so that we, you get that buy-in. Otherwise, people switch off. And especially on Zoom, it's easier to switch off if you don't add those, those elements, looking at the camera, a gesture. Don't forget gesture. On camera, on Zoom, you need to bring the hands slightly higher up. I call it the heart level. And don't forget that gesture adds dynamic and impact, and it also adds impact vocally as well. So, so those things are important on Zoom. Yeah. Don't be waving your hands all over the place, but no. include some some gesture. Yes. I mean, that's always the big fear, I think, in, with business people in this work, that they're going to be, it's going to be too much, but it won't. It, I Honestly, I believe me, it never is. You you need to add those elements, but definitely yes, says says don't don't be waving the hands around. You need to think of you know Shakespeare said suit the action to the word, the word to the action. So that the the gestures are congruent with your message, but be mindful of overdoing one one gesture because it becomes redundant. And definitely, well, a quick way to find more range in the voice is to punch out key words. I recently had, this week I worked with a, a woman delivering a message and it was just going to be her voice. So think about highlighting key words with your voice. So it's not, good morning, everyone. I'm really excited to be here today. It's good morning, everyone. I'm really that's, Yes. <laughs> that's, you, I mean, we're laughing, but that's often what I'll hear. So highlight key words. And you're probably asking what is a key word? Your name, your business. Uh, yes people, places and things, verbs, those things, that's a quick way to find more vocal variety is, is punch out, highlight keywords or one of my clients call, calls it popping the keyword. Yeah, so, and numbers because we're all dealing a lot with numbers. You're not going to say our company made $3 billion this week. It's our company made $3 billion this week. You know, add that, that, that emotion in the voice and pop those keywords. <laughs> <laughs> Sound happy about it. Yes. <laughs> $3 billion. Yes. Well, what I often hear is our company made $3 billion this week, you know, and so, of course, we're not going to be listening to that. We're going to switch off straight away. So musicality in the voice is really powerful. What is that company that's made $3 billion? <laughs> I think I need some shares. <laughs> My lips are sealed. Except Hugh Jackman. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I love to bring out the Hugh Jackman story. Um, often I'll bring out the story in talking about nerves, so I might as well tell you now. Um, so I went to school with Hugh Jackman, drama school that is, and he was telling me about getting um, excited about hosting the Oscars and that is until he said he peeked out of the curtain and who was sitting in the front row but Meryl Streep. And he said he went back behind the curtain and started to get really nervous. 
And the stage manager who'd been doing it for years and years and years had to start the show. Hugh was hosting the Oscars. So he started the countdown. He was American, by the way. And he went, 20 seconds, 10 seconds, five seconds. And he looked over at Hugh. And Hugh, by that stage, was panicking, sweating, the heart racing fast, the imposter syndrome is how he described For those of you that don't know, it means you know, you don't feel good enough. And so the stage manager started, you know, was doing the countdown and he looked over at Hugh and he, 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 he had to start the show and he patted Hugh on the back and he said, don't worry, mate, there's only a million people watching. And Hugh said he just started to laugh. That really broke him out of that, that, you know, that, that, that terrible nervous, he started to breathe. And if you watch it, I'm sure all of you will watch it now on YouTube. You can see he's, he walks out to host the Oscars and he, he points behind him and is laughing. And that's at that stage manager. So, yeah, so that, that this point of the story is everyone gets nervous. We want to normalize nerves. Even Hugh Jackman gets nervous. So yeah, that's the Hugh Jackman story. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Tash. That might be a good note to end on. Thanks very much for joining me today and sharing some more tips for our audience on how to present more confidently and deal with nerves in business situations. Um, I look forward to speaking to you again sometime. Yes, thank you, everyone. Don't forget power pause, breathe. Think about, don't think about yourself. Think about the audience and what you want to make them do, think and feel. Thanks. (laughs) Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.